Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. How's everyone doing today? Today's the 12th of uh, June, 2023. It's a Monday, and it's raining. Let's talk about that. How wonderful is it that it's raining today? You know, oftentimes we bitch and moan because of the weather, you know, maybe talking about, you're here in my podcast, my mutterings about things that we can control and the things that we can't control, talking relative are complaining of them, about stuff, you know, like people come, oh, it's raining. I actually had somebody come in today and say, oh, weather, really? So you're going to complain about the weather when we have not had rain in more than a month? couple of months, it seems like the first time it's rained in a long time. I mean, a real rain, uh, a nourishing rain. So now here it's 8 o'clock at night, and it's been raining for, I'd say, four hours. It's kind of sprinkling right now, but steady. I think that this is going to go a long way to uh, nourishing our parched fucking plants and animals out there, right? They're loving life at this point. We needed this. Hope we can agree. It was the first day in quite a while, a couple months that I didn't have to water my plants. I have at the office, so that's good. So I don't want anybody bitching about the rain. This is crucial. Crucial to our survival. Crazy things still happen in the world, of course. Current events, what do we got? On a local on a local fucking level. We had that uh ridiculous smoke wafting down from Canada last week. And that cleared up within a couple days. That was pretty crazy though. A patient who is dude in his eighties. Still him and his wife still very active. They go to dances, a couple dances a weekend at firehouses and moose lodges and shit. They used to be roller skaters. I think there's the guy still plays softball. He just he just tore his hamstring because he tried to run. Imagine at running at eighty. You hit the ball and you're running around the bases trying to do that at eighty. Shit. I'm thinking about doing that at, at almost 50. And I'm thinking, damn, what does it feel like to run like that around the bases? How would my body, you know, feel? How would I perform? How would I look? You know, like, I feel like it would be pretty awkward. I imagine myself sprinting in desperation. You know, like, really, when you got people fielding a ball sense of urgency that you would have. So here's this 80-year-old couple. This guy, he was, he was heading out last uh, week. I guess it was Wednesday. He headed out to State College at Penn State where he's involved, he super involved people, family. He's involved in um, special education. He's involved in um, Special Olympics. So he's out there. What happens is he plays on a softball team. One of the persons, a special Olympian, 
and he is like the hitter. So you've got a mixture of people who are special and I don't know what you call them. I feel like I'm, <laughs> like these days, you've got to be careful with your words. Somebody who is not special, but playing with somebody with, with uh, some special Olympians. So we'll call them mentors or we'll call them chaperones or something. Anyway, he was on this bus heading out to State College and when the Penn State campus or the uh, event coordinator, whoever, made the call, said, okay, it's canceled. Nobody's allowed on campus because the air quality from, like, the EPA came down and said, all right, you can't have any of these events. They had horses in fucking, on, on trailers with bridles and all that shit all ready to go out there for, to do these Special Olympics. They had people on buses that were already there. They had people who booked hotels, and they had to cancel this event because of this unforeseen thing, unforeseen calamity or, you know, potential calamity, which is that air quality thing, right? As I mentioned, I kind of poo-pooed that, right? I kind of was like, oh, God, one more thing to be scared of this inconvenience, this smoke. You ever smelled a forest fire before? You know, I kind of was a little smug about it initially, and then I drove home like, what the fuck is going on? So that's terrible, but you know what? This guy, 84, he said some of the athletes, Special Olympians, were disappointed. Everybody was disappointed. People were out money, out time, out all the training they did to get there. Nothing you can fucking do. Sometimes there's nothing you can do your best, but just say, hey, we're going to do it again in the fall. It's going to be a big event. Turns out it's going to be down in now towards Philly. Hey, another thing, talking about Philly, a section of a 95 overpass, some sort of, you know, a section of Route I-95, an interstate highway that everybody on the East Coast has been up and down, runs all the way north to south, right? By the way, did you know that many of the interstates running east to west, they're lumber, uh, lower numbers in the south and higher numbers up north? I didn't know that, but I saw something today that illustrated that. Like, you know, I-10 is down Florida, Mississippi, etc., going across the south. Alabama, I, you know, 40, 50, all the way up, I-80, Interstate 80, I'll be on that on Friday, right? Isn't that interesting? So this section of I-95, apparently a truck, a tractor trailer hauling fuel or something, some petroleum product, it crashes and fucking goes alight, goes aflame, and of course, you're talking about a giant fire under an overpass, which caused the the, the bridge to collapse, the section of I-95. So I talked to a patient whose son is a Philadelphia firefighter, and he was uh, saying, she was saying that he's got a, a sticker on his desk that says, kind of like a button that says, that's not good. 
that's the uh, the mindset you need to have when something terrible happens like that and you're a first responder. Uh, that's not good. Oh, a fucking tractor trailer blows up underneath an overpass on I-95 interstate, crucial to the a main artery for all of the you know commerce and uh, trucking and travel. Think about all the people that are going out on vacation or driving down I-95, when they're going to have to travel and how they're going to have to do this. All the people that work down in Philly, down that way, they're going to have to think about the problem that this is going to cause. Imagine this is like an anthill and you got a main artery of all this traffic, you know, to, I don't know, to a water source, a creek or something like that, or main area of food, wherever the fucking ants are getting their building materials, whatever. Just stomping right on that main traveling route. You know, we need to find our way back on the route. We need to you know, pull, you know, dig out of this mess. It's terrible and it's crazy and it's just the way things go sometimes. And this morning at Planet Fitness, I got some good workouts in the last several days, Saturday and Sunday, and now Monday morning at uh, 6.30 this morning. Last week was a fucked up week for me. I had to get out there. But, um, you know, I saw there's all kinds of stuff about uh, that Trump was indicted. Right. About, uh, this is about the uh, the documents, the documents that he had boxes of them, documents, some of them apparently, many of them, are said to be, you know, said to involve serious matters of, matters of national security, and, you know, he's making it sound, and his lawyers and anybody who blindly follows their favorite politician are making it sound like, oh, you know, he had the right, he declassified these things. Well, it sounds like the substance of of many of these documents, or even let's say it's some of these documents, was such that it involves matter, matters of, of national security, defense, nuclear programs, contingency plans for, you know, our response if we were attacked, like some serious stuff. And he's making it sound like, oh, he could just declassify things and take them home with Like if you get if you if you get fired from the job, you don't get to take home the office cell phone and the computer and you know your uh, security card that allows you access to the building and your email, all that shit in a civilian capacity, right? You return it. As president of the United States, he was privy to all kinds of shit. Okay. That, let's be honest, very high above his wheelhouse in terms of having the intellectual ability, ability to really like discern, parse out, you know, what these things mean. He took this stuff home with him, and over a year, they asked for the documents back. They wanted him to return the documents. He could have done so, and he gave them the runaround, and he. They issued a fucking uh, warrant 
and he made it sound like he was being, it was a witch hunt. Give the documents back, man. They've involved national security. Give your key card back, you know. You know, give us your, your business credit card back. You no longer work for this company. That's the way it is. I mean, is it as the analogy far off? I, I don't I can't see how it is. So he's making it sound like he, he should have these documents. Well, if you created some court sort of legislation, this is something like like your intellectual property. Like something that you contributed to in certain circumstances, maybe they would say, Okay, well, you know, we're gonna let you hold on to this because you greatly contributed to it. Not going to be like fucking nuclear shit. Not going to be stuff that that involves national security. And he's got this stuff at his place in in uh, Florida, Mar-a-Lago. He's got it, you know, boxes stacked in bathrooms and shit. You know, places that are unsecured. Who knows who comes in and out of this resort? Why would you have this at a golf resort? You think that that is that should pass muster? Just it's ridiculous. And, you know, obviously I don't know everything about this. I saw, you know, reading the subtitles, uh, whatever you call that, fucking verbiage that was on the screen. I wasn't listening to it, thank God, but it's, you stick it right in front of you, CNN and Fox News, as you're riding a bike. Spare us that shit. I'd rather not, not read it. But William Barr went on there. This guy was his attorney general. And he said, look, I backed Trump when it came to the Russiagate thing, um, all that stuff, some of the accusations. They were witch hunts. This is not a witch hunt. This is if you have documents that you no longer have a use for, you return them. And apparently there were other presidents who said, hey, can I, like, there's there's a, uh, what do they call it? There's a... Um, an individual whose job is an archivist. So there's somebody whose job, they have like a super-duper security clearance. They they hold these, any files in a secure place. And if somebody needed to, had a, had a need to know, had a need to access this information, they might give them access to it. As a, a former president, you might be able to get access to that stuff. But if you're not, if you're now a civilian, why the hell would you need shit about national defense? Now, we all know that Trump is the type of person who, if he has, so he's done catch and kill shit before, right? Tried to kill the Stormy Daniels thing. You know, people say he's making a big, uh, that's much to do about nothing, this guy. He paid her money to keep her mouth shut. So who knows? if this guy might sell secrets to somebody else or simply mishandle the information. But I feel like we're so brain dead as as citizens, especially in this country, particularly as of late. I mean, we were stupid and drones and programmed for many years before COVID. But when COVID happened, people just like, they just crawled into their own little worlds and it was their own echo chambers. And and I feel like they were 
we were un- unable to see any, any other point of view other than the one we that was our favorite. You know, back to the the fire on I-95. There's video of people driving over this road while there was a inferno beneath it. And I feel like, you know, some people are like, okay, well, what do we do? We got a big fire. Do we keep going? Are we Well, what do you do when you're on a road and you're going with traffic? You do what everyone else does. You flow with the current of traffic. You are thinking about, wow, I got to get through. I can't turn around. I'm kind of like on this, you know, there's no exits. Or I'm trying to get to my destination. Maybe I can get through. That's what people do. It's like when you ever see these videos of people like trying to cross a road where there's been a flood, like a flash flood, and this person in their little car, they're going to say, i got to get over there. My house is over there. My job is over there. My store is over there. My kid's school is over there, and I need to go get them. So they try to drive across floodwaters, and, the, you know, it, the current is too swift. It's going to fucking take you and do whatever it wants with you. Right? That current is going to move you. There's nothing you can do to fight it. And I feel like that's the way people are with thought and with their actions, their behaviors in the year 2023. Um, I feel like there's people that were driving over that inferno that just felt like this is I gotta I gotta go over there. On the other side is, is what where I need to be. I need to get to my job. I need to, you know, <clears throat> I'm a teacher. I need to get to school. I work in the city. I gotta I gotta get there. I have a flight at whatever time. I need to I need to get that flight. Maybe I can still make that flight. You know, I'm going on vacation. Like nothing's gonna stop me. You know how you are. Like you feel like you gotta do stuff. Or you feel like you want to do stuff. Like the difference between want and need. People don't always make the best decisions. Especially when they've been programmed to think and act a certain way. In closing, um, watching a movie right now that I've, I've wanted to check out for a while. It's called Don't Look Up. And it's a, I don't know, it's a comedy. I think it's a satire. Maybe that's the right term. It's about, there's a comet. They discover that there's a comet that's going to strike Earth in like six months. And they crunch the numbers. They discover it. They can't believe it. It's an anomaly. They pass it around to all these institutions of higher, higher learning. Real fucking smart people with computers that can hear that fart. That can, computers and, and ability to do the calculations to determine the trajectory of this comet, and it's supposed to strike Earth right on the money. You know, like it's it's this many kilometers wide. So they're thinking about historically some of these craters that we've had. That one in Mexico, where is this giant crater? It's a collision that will devastate. Mile high, 
they're talking about you know crazy mile high tidal waves, um, earthquakes, devastation. Nothing is going to survive this. <clears throat> and they bring it to the president's attention, and it's among many issues that the president is you know is putting before them. And, and the president kind of like laughs it off. Actually, lights up a cigarette. It's by played by Mel, uh, Meryl Streep. She's the president in this case. She she says, "Look, you know, last week it was uh, you know the stock market's going to tank, or it was Russia, or China, or fucking pandemic, or whatever it was that was going to stop everything, and we weren't going to survive it, and it was going to be the fucking." Worst case scenario. So, in their defense, politicians, people at the top of the food chain, they're getting people that doubt, you know, AI is going to go rogue, it's going to kill us all. These are all things that have not happened yet, may not happen. So, what is the percentage that this this uh, comet is actually going to strike Earth for real? So, they're splitting, it was like 99.14, let's say, percent. And it was going to hit. So it's almost certainty. But the people that were given the information were told it was, somebody said, 100% chance. Well, that's what 99.14 means. It means that it is an incredible, you know, probability that's agreed upon by all these people who actually are capable of doing calculations on this level. Like it's going to happen. It's essentially going to happen. Well, you tell somebody, well, they actually said they're like, nothing's 100%. What is it? You know, and it turned, to be, it turned out to be 99.14, let's say. Well, they use that as a, as a reason to say, well, that shit ain't going to happen. We're always being told that the worst is, is, is to come and we're all going to die. And if every time somebody, you know, told us we couldn't do something or that we're all going to fucking perish in a terrible way, if we listen to them every time, then we wouldn't get shit done. <clears throat> so, great movie. I'm about halfway through it. And, you know, at this stage, the scientists are like, holy shit, they fucking didn't, they're not taking it seriously. They're not going to do anything about it. They're going to dismiss this as something that is is just, you know, never going to happen. It's just another scientist trying to, you know, talk about how climate change is going to kill us all by this year or, you know, somebody who's scared about the um, intentions of our adversaries. And they think that they're going to make a move, and so we should, you know, take a first strike and kill these motherfuckers before they kill us. Like, it's got to be, on the one hand, it's got to be incredibly, it is incredibly complex trying to, again, sort out fact from fiction, what we really should be concerned about. It's got to be daunting. It's a terrible place to be, to be at the top of the food chain, an individual who has to make all these decisions, right, and act on them, 
based upon the intelligence that comes in. Everybody thinks that their issue is the most important. It's interesting. It's crazy. Wouldn't you say? It's, you know, on the one hand, it's like, hey, we should, the, the, the Special Olympics should be played on. We should go on with the show. we got too many people that are coming out here, you know, trained, these special Olympians, you know, with good hearts that they're not going to understand if you tell them they can't come out and play, you know, ride a fucking horse or, you know, play basketball or whatever. Are we really going to cancel this? Well, you know, the air quality doesn't mean that much. Somebody's got to make that decision. Hey, we're not going to do it. This is, you know, this is 400, you know, parts per million or whatever, these particulates in the air from the fucking, these wildfires and, yeah, we want this to happen, but shit, I'm sorry we're letting you know the spur of the moment, and you guys have all gone through the trouble of training and and booking buses and they're coming out here, but everything's canceled. Go home. They were an hour and a half from State College, my 80-something-year-old softball friend. They were an hour and a half. They had to turn around and come home and explain to all these individuals who might not understand all of them what's going on, like why it's inappropriate to to play and to have horses fucking running around panting, galloping around in a fucking cloud of smoke, which was really shitty Wednesday of last week, as I mentioned. So somebody's got to step in based upon... <clears throat> math really like you know think about it somebody had to some scientific community had like the EPA or whoever the fuck state had to say okay this is where this is what's happening out here right now it's not like a little bit unhealthy it's unhealth downright unhealthy we've got people that might have um, conditions some of the people special Olympians and their chaperones, they could very well have conditions that, you know, are we going to have somebody risk up somebody coming out here and falling down dead? It's not worth it, right? So everybody go the fuck home. Weird circumstances where something like this happened. I want to go ahead and say it's like unprecedented that we've had something like this recently. And it was bone dry and, you know, whatever. So on all these levels, you have these situations, the I-95 thing with people driving by and just feeling like, oh, what should I do? Oh, I've seen a car fire before. Let's just drive by and gawk at it. You know, we can't turn around. There's no stopping them now. There's no stopping that comet. Fuck it. Let's just go on with our lives. Maybe it'll never happen. Maybe it'll miss us. Uh, all this, you know, the tumult, the upheaval, the stress, the anguish that we're going to unleash on society by saying, everybody, we're all going to fucking die in six months. Um, You know, people would just fucking lose their shit. Because human beings, as much as we try to tame Mother Nature and act like we're always in control, we're not, you know. 
things are very out of control, but we try to keep up appearances, right? And give the appearance, the impression that everything is good, everything is under control. What we can do is prepare as best as possible and try to think clearly, try to work together, and try to <clears throat> keep our shit together. It's downright difficult, I think, for most of us on a daily and a regular fucking basis. But today, sorry for the hellfire and brimstone content, but I just thought that those things were um, interesting current events. And then this movie, I can't wait to finish that right now. Get some grub, hit the chow hall, shower, shit shower and shave, lay my shit out for tomorrow, sleep in a little bit, rest and easy looking around and see my fucking half-finished deck. We got all the decking down, looking at my mailbox planter with all the wildflowers, so bushy and ready to pop all those buds. I got my vegetables over there. And my trees that I've had, I planted a damn, damn uh, uh, birch, Three Rivers birch or whatever. A bunch of these other little plants. I don't have to drag the hose around fucking douse those bitches tonight. So it's good. All right, I'm going to stop talking now. Everybody have a great night. <laughs>